Hello and welcome to another episode of Triassic Park, where we are covering the Jawsploitation films, Grizzly and Claws. That's right, everyone. We are covering two Jawsploitation films. Uh, luckily, I'm not alone. I'm joined with my good friend, Zach. Hello, Zach. Hi, I'm glad to be here for half of it. Hell yeah. I mean, yes, of course, <laughs> um, the, we will be talking about the good half, with is Grizzly, and the questionable half, which is Claws, a movie which I just watched again right before recording. Why would you do that to yourself? I don't really, I don't really know, and I don't really know what was happening in most of this movie. Wait, but wait, wait, wait. I know we're doing a pot, but Andrew, are you okay? Is this a call no. for help? No, I guess. Yes, it is. I've seen, I've seen Claws twice, please. But, you know, first off, I, I, I want to just kind of talk about why I specifically wanted to get you on for this episode. <laughs> because you wanted to torture me? One, yes, of course, obviously. The second part I was for pure torture. The other part was, um, you know, we have a weird history with this film. Because we have actually podcasted about the... <laughs> the... It's a, the weird history is just that, oh, we watched the sequel together. That's that's the weird history. Uh, it's so weird and eldritch. It's so bizarre. Look, uh, I think it's crazy because now that like I, I credit our podcast with that film actually eventually getting released. Uh, you know what i okay so you're talking about grizzly 2 which one we watched it it was just the it was the work print cut and so there were great swaths of the film missing so i would be interested and i would come back to do the actual proper film hell yeah and i it was funny because as we did that podcast which was the dern cast when i when i still had the dern cast we'll bring that back oh that was what it was yes okay i was trying to figure out why we watched it (laughs) <laughs> just for fun just for the hell of it there wasn't even a podcast i just started i just fake recorded i'm like yeah 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 Zach. but you were one of the first uh you know you were probably one of the first times i ever podcasted with somebody who at that time i only had kind of i kind of only genuinely knew you i don't think we'd ever had actually had a conversation so i i think that i always hold drizzly too close to my heart because it's symbolic of our friendship i i'm pretty sure that i mean we've chatted with text, but I'm pretty sure our only vocal interactions have been through podcasts. I think we have recorded every time we have spoken. I think you are right. The sign of a true friendship. Um, and the well, speaking of other recordings that we've done, we've also recorded uh, a pod, one of your podcasts. Um, oh, podcast. one missed pod. Yes, on the green slime, uh, which does star um, Richard Jekyll, who's in this film. That's a great segue. You're not going to go off on that? Oh, I thought oh, that was... <laughs> I thought you were like, that's a great segue. And now I have this pre, pre-written speech that I'm going to... I was, expecting, I was expecting you to continue with it. <laughs> that was a great segue, which I derailed by pointing out how good of a segue it was. Uh, but yes, you should definitely listen to that because I think that's probably one of the most fun times I've ever had recording a podcast. That that one is an absolute blast. You can find it on scriptophobic.ca or it's on Spotify and all the other places under One Miss Pod. It's the green slime. It's like episode somewhere between like 9 to 12. And it's so, so funny. I, 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 I think about it and I get a smile on my face. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it just like seemed like you know the stars were aligning. Uh, so I had to force Zach to be on this podcast about Grizzlies. And then I was like, hey, you know what? Man, let's just throw this other little movie on called Claws. Uh, it's a classic, I'm sure. Uh, it was not. (laughs) It's old. Sure. (laughs) Classic? Less so. (laughs) It's the kind of old that, um, you tear down, not put up. (laughs) Here's looking at you, Grandma. Oh, God. All right. So let's get into the madness. Jaws is undeniably one of the most important pieces of cinema ever made. The cinematic landscape of today would not be the same without it. Truly the first summer blockbuster. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on who you are, uh, that level of success always ushers in a slew of imitators. Including the best film of all time. Yes, exactly. What we're talking about now is that what you're, is that what you're saying, or what, what what's the? Uh, we'll get into. It, I guess. What what are you talking about? I'm talking about Orca, the oh, best yeah. imitator. I think I I'm I'm gonna say it on this podcast so that you get all the hate mail and I get none. Orca is a better film than Jaws. Okay. Damn. All right. Well, um, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, actually, I, you know what? I don't think you're the only person to have that opinion. I know that Joe Lipset has that opinion as well. I think he really. Actually, oh, yeah. I do think that he. I, I'm. I'm probably just slandering him right now. He's I love get that hate. guy though. He's. He's gonna get random hate mail like, "Hey, this guy said you hate Jaws and you love Orca." <laughs> and it's gonna come back to me, and so he's gonna he's gonna show up on my Twitter even less than he already does. <laughs> <laughs> like nah, I hate you so much. Uh, but no, I know he he does love that movie. Uh, no doubt about it. It is that movie is so much fun. It's it it takes the Jaws idea and goes, let's inject a little bit of crack cocaine into this, and it lets it go wild, which is crazy because so many of the other ripoffs are kind of mundane. They're very slow. They're very boring. They're very claws. Yeah, you know, that that's very true. I mean. Um, what's what's kind of interesting about these imitators of Jaws is that they are so numerous that there's actually their own subgenre, and Jaws exploitation is far-reaching and still going on to this day. Wait, it's not romantic comedies? Oh, I had this all wrong. Uh, some of them are. I mean, the Meg <laughs> has a has a strong romantic comedy element. Oh, I haven't even thought about the Meg. <laughs> no one has thought about the Meg since it was released. <laughs> But it's getting a sequel, so whoops de do. Um, <laughs> and now because we talked about it, it's going to have like four more. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. <laughs> We've just brought them into existence. The un- unreleased work print of uh, Meg 3 uh, will be coming <laughs> next week. <laughs> It, it got canceled in that because, like, that, that horrible, horrible freak out Jason Statham had. And I don't know if he survives the first, I'm assuming. <laughs> if he, you know what? If he didn't, it's even weirder that they were going to bring him back for the third. And that's probably why he was freaking out. I mean, you know what? They, they you know, just like the Fast and Furious movies, they really don't care about uh, any kind of, <laughs> of cohesive plot. Um, but yeah, so exploitation is something that we're going to be talking about all summer long, and uh, you're just going to get a slew of animal attack movies. Um, that's that... a great, that's the right time to talk about these types of movies. That's a good, good thinking with that lineup. 
Yeah, no, it seemed like, uh, of course, like last summer we attempted to do all the Jaws movies. And I say attempted because I had that old thing called a stroke that uh, derailed me halfway through that month. So that was interesting. Um, eventually, I would like to go back and revisit. Do you, uh, do you think it's related? Oh, probably. Could uh, one... did Are you Jaws's last victim? I, I am fairly certain that my watching of Jaws of Revenge and going, wow, I kind of am enjoying this, was the first sign that the stroke was happening, <laughs> and I just didn't realize. That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's, God. That's, 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 oh, man. <laughs> so, so, so you're saying that Orca is your favorite Jaws exploitation? Um... Okay, well, it depends. Where do you draw the line of Jaws exploitation? Because so you're you're saying animal attack films, but Jaws was not the first animal attack film. So there's mm-hmm. actually it has to be more than just animal attack. It has to right. be it has to kind of follow that formula. So I think a uh, grizzly does it well, where you have the person who's kind of put upon and he has to deal with this situation. And he and and it's also important that the the character who is the put upon one is one of the only ones taking it seriously. So you have to have that angle in place in order to kind of get there. It's almost it's almost like that character is kind of the key component. Um, they tend to meet a couple other characters. One who is a uh, one who who has experience with the animals in Jaws. It's what right. it's Quint, Hooper, isn't it? Hooper. Well, Is yeah, it it's weird. It's weird because Hooper has the expertise, but Quint has the Quint has the boat and the experience. Which which one had the uh, story, the background, the the story about being in the water he, with the sharks? Yeah, that's Quint, right? So that's okay, that's Quint. who that's uh, that's who I'm thinking of because we have right. that sort of character in Grizzly as well. Yeah, it's weird because they kind of like Quint and Hooper kind of get mishmashed in this movie because the one who's more like hooper is the one who has the story like quint in grizzly um because they do kind of like mishmash that around but there always has to be somebody who's normally survived it um i almost would say that every shark movie has an element of jaw exploitation in it um i would be hard pressed to find one that doesn't but at the same time it's so what like okay that that's a very uh, gray area for me because well it's a shark movie Jaws is a shark movie so of course you you could say this is just a rip off of Jaws but I don't think that I don't think that that's every shark movie and that for example um, I actually haven't seen it in forever but like Open Water uh, I don't know what the later sequels do and that but that had an element of like there's sharks out here with us didn't it. Yeah, no, that... you're right. You're right, and and that is so far and away very different from from what what would really classify as jaw exploitation. So, I point point it, set it, and match. <laughs> I I I don't want to I don't want to entirely take your point though. Uh, take your point away though, because I do believe that probably like ninety percent of them, maybe even more, really do go like, well, let's just take the jaws idea. And then you have, so you have ones, first one that came to mind was Shark Attack and Blood Surf, and Blood Surf is a crocodile, but it, the, both of those were like, let's take Jaws and let's make it, let, let's age everybody down and make them teeny boppers, essentially. Oh and then, my god, oh god. Right? And then you have, and those went on for like 
for like four films because in in the late 1999 uh, in like 1999 to through to i want to say like 2002 you had octopus octopus 2 blood surf you had shark attack one through three Um, this was you had all of these shark films that were basically they were doing some ripoff of jaws mixed with like like late 90s cw dawson creek style uh, like shiny glossiness, uh, and then they they went off and they did like there's 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 a good there's a good like ten of those that are aquatic and as well as a couple others that they did because they did um they did ripoffs that were like spiders as well. It's this it's this oh, whole movement, right? Right. And there's so many layers. Of... Oh, there were, but they were all they all took at the core basically ripping off jaws and just kind of changing it's not a shark it's a spider it's not a shark it's an octopus and that he's not old he he's young and that and that era was especially young then it moved into then we started moving towards like sharknado and stuff and we 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 went to a point where it became like like it was a parody of the parody of the parody so far gone that it became its own non-parody like it it, 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 yeah it's it's a rabbit hole yeah very true and 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 a lot of the stuff that you would eventually get in those movies like sharknado sharktopus all of these like really crazy movies that are just made to be kind of like a sci-fi original movie Um, a lot of the heart of those movies and like what they're satirizing is the movies that we will be talking about in these eight weeks because this is like the very first wave of Jaws-esque movies. Because you could almost say that something like Sharknado or Sharktopus has more in common with Grizzly or Claws than it does with Jaws. Um, I would agree with that, but I would the, the main difference, I think, is that the modern-day sort of... The, the the bastard the modern day bastard child of jaws exploitation is lacking the heart and soul that grizzly has that even claws has oh, yes i definitely i definitely agree with that i definitely agree with that there's an honesty about the earlier ones yeah that's very true that's very true and like honestly like so uh, let's kind of just get into grizzly as, as we're kind of talking about the 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 era and the idea of the subgenre as a whole grizzly is credited as the very first one and that came out in 1976 and everyone calls it jaws with claws which sounds good and then and the next year, <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds good if you if you like wordplay it sounds like nails on a on a chalkboard if you don't yeah exactly like if you are somebody who's like Oh, I mean, I like I think it almost undersells Grizzly because as, as we kind of get into it, like, yes, it's a Jaws ripoff, very much so. But I, I do think that there is this level of heart to it and a level of just zaniness to it that I just absolutely love. It, it's also, I mean, it, it, it takes this directly from Jaws, but it's also not afraid to get very grizzly to pardon the pun <laughs> no yeah that, that's very very true like some of the like it takes all those elements like the authority figure from jaws that refuses to close down an area you know you have the three men teaming up from different walks of life and of course you have the the evil predator the quote-unquote evil animal hell-bent <laughs> on destroying everything uh but it also has like child death i mean in the, grizzly the, the child doesn't die but 
No, but I mean, it's it it's worse than in Jaws, in my opinion, because when they were making Jaws, they actually filmed the kid getting eaten, and then they're like, we can't fucking show this. But in Grizzly, they show the kid lose a fucking leg. Like, like that, like even that, even though that kid lived, we saw him without a leg. We saw him absolutely wrecked. His life is going to be like no, like yes, you can absolutely one hundred percent live a wonderful life without one of your limbs. That's not an issue, and that that's that or that's not that that idea is stupid that it like would be impactful but as a kid losing that like the next year of his life is going to be absolute misery well and the and the trauma oh the, the trauma of it is going to follow him for for the rest of his life like it's almost it's almost more brutal in that he lived rather than died yeah that's that that is very true um and again by the way this movie is rated pg <laughs> of course it is how that's so mind-blowing i mean pg-13 didn't come around until 94 or 84 so 84 which again that's spielberg right spielberg kept pushing that pg rating. it was spielberg yeah it was spielberg with um i want to say it was temple of dune and gremlins yeah. were the two yeah and spielberg was involved with both of them <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't bear with my like, all right, Spielberg, it's a no fucking rating. Stop this shit. <laughs> so, we have enough kids who are completely traumatized in that. And that my my six year old went and got to go see a Nazi's face fucking melt. Like, <laughs> I we we need to do something about this. Well, surely it can't get any worse. Oh yeah, Temple of Doom. <laughs> yeah, which is worse both in the way that it ages and everything else that happens in that movie. <laughs> Heart ripping out and horrific colonial racism. That's Temple of Doom in a nutshell. <laughs> That heart, that heart rip out. Oh my god! Could oh you imagine god. seeing that as like just the uh, young kid? I mean, I didn't, so maybe you did actually, because I know many kids actually had. But oh, I, I yes, yes, I saw that at a young age, and uh... I've I've never seen Temple of Doom. <laughs> oh really? Oh wow! I, I part of me is like, oh, you should, but now part of me is also like, ooh, that movie does not age well. <laughs> and it's, all, it's it's also me we're talking about, so it's like. Eh, not really. It's not your thing. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 Zach. Is there, is there, is there, is there any, is, is there any weird fornication that makes you deeply uncomfortable? Uh, is there? Um, does he, does he take psychedelic drugs and and, and like just vibrate into another dimension for a bit? No, oh, maybe, maybe hold off and watch video drum again. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's that's very true. <laughs> I, oh, I, I understand I understand what I enjoy. So That's good. I, you, know, you know what? That's good. That's good. And it's funny that that level of understanding what you are really does come into play in Grizzly. Because they, they really didn't have any they didn't have any you know, they, they weren't lying to themselves. They knew that they were trying to play off of the success of Jaws and they were going all in. And they do good. They do. They do good. The way that this movie came to be and came to be, I think, was when the one of the writers uh, and a producer, Harvey Flaxman, was like going to Yellowstone National Park to camp. And he was told, like, you know, there's a rogue get grizzly going around. So they had to camp in RVs and they couldn't camp in soft tents or else they would possibly get eaten. I actually looked up something because I was interested uh, why did it go from Jaws to Grizzly Bears? And it turns out in 1971 or 1972, there was a very famous uh, grizzly attack that happened at one of the natural parks in America. I 
it, it's been a while since I watched and looked this up, so I'm a little bit off. I bought the book that talks about it, though, because it sounds very interesting. Because what happened is there was there was not one, but two deaths that happened in the same day on opposite sides of the park by two different grizzlies. Whoa, oh, wow. There was literally, as, as we record this today, in Montana, someone got killed by a grizzly this year. Grizzly bears are not something to fuck around with. And so with, with how this is apparently this story was quite big. So I can see this story combining with like, okay, there's, yeah, grizzly bears are, are something to be horrified and terrified of. That's now in public consciousness. And now I'm out in this park and you're telling me like, I can't even sleep in a in a soft yeah, tent like it, it's perfect for a movie it makes so much sense why you could go there and the forest acts much the same way that the ocean does in jaws like if you get lost out there if you get stuck out there you're fucking dead oh yeah oh yeah and like you know as soon as you know harvey flaxman he was like on his way to kind of go and visit david sheldon because flaxman was on like uh i think he lived in like new york or something like that and sheldon was like a you know an la guy so on his way uh he 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 went to go visit sheldon he told them the story and then sheldon had all of the things that you just said come to his mind basically and was like oh shit (laughs) this is like a perfect kind of thing to do a movie about um and would be super easy to do um and basically once flaxman went back they were separated by coasts but they would just like fax each other like pages of the script and like have phone calls where they just like work on the script and hammer it out with each other all the time um and during this time like harvey flaxman had recently just lost his father um so like i think maybe he just wanted to put himself into work and that was kind of another thing that really really got this going because um i you know when when you go through a loss like that you kind of want to keep busy uh is normally like the best was for some people uh is the best way to to kind of get through it um what i have no idea what you're talking about he says (laughs) is a workaholic that stemmed from a trauma yeah yeah, i don't want to say it but Um, Sheldon actually wanted to direct the film himself, um, until his old pal William Girdler showed up. Do you know who William Girdler is, Zach? No, but I have a feeling I'm about to find out. Oh yes, you are about to find out. He was born in Louisville, Kentucky, and he started his own production company at, called Studio One Productions when he was only, like, in his early 20s. Um, he did a whole bunch of, like, black exploitation films, and then as soon as this kind of hit, he started to really, you know, get attached to this idea of doing these animal attack movies. Um, Sheldon and him actually kind of teamed up for a movie called Project Kill, and Project Kill, uh, starred, uh, you know, one of the more serious performances of Leslie Nielsen, who would also team up with, uh, Girdler in um day of the animals which was made right after oh i i day of the animals i i have a copy waiting to watch yeah yeah that was also a girdler film so i i would imagine this might actually get you probably more interested to watch it knowing it's the same guy who did this (laughs) and same lead actor as well actually surprisingly enough um i I really i i don't care for the lead actor as much he was fine in the role but i just that's that's it. He's just fine. Meanwhile, though, the you have the other guy, um, our our boy. Oh yeah, Richard Jekyll. He's 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 great. He brings more heart to this 
than the the lead does. He yeah, and he gets more he gets more opportunity to bring more heart to it. I think um, the script really does give him some some good stuff. Um, but uh, William Girdler um, showed up to just have dinner or have like a lunch with uh, his his friend, um, and he saw the script and was like, whoa whoa whoa. Give me that script. Well, that's that. What's the script called? Grizzly? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm taking the script. Let me see the script. So, uh, like, David Sheldon was like, all right, dude, whatever. Just, like, bring it back when you're done. Uh, and Girdler just, like, comes back and is like, oh, I'm going to direct this film and I'm going to get it financed. And, like, Sheldon was like, I mean, if you can, sure. <laughs> and, you know, Girdler being Girdler, William Girdler is just kind of like this this character <laughs> throughout this production. Um, he, he teamed up with an associate producer named uh, Lee S. Jones, and they managed to raise up the budget for this film, which was under a million dollars. Uh, it was 750000 Now... I, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it, one, that's not too surprising. But also, like, you got to keep in mind, inflation and stuff like that like this is still a very very low budget movie uh and this is all independent as well there's not a lot of money that they need for like 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 the locations there, there's very few locations there's there it has very few extras like it manages to cut corners in a way that would lower the budget that without making it feel cheaper so it yeah, that doesn't is, surprise me that is very true that is very true um, and I think one of the things that uh, Jaws specifically, the reason why their budget kind of ballooned is because of all the mechanical issues they had. Um, and we'll get into it. There, there's a little bit of that here, but not as much. Um, they had Ooh, to bring. Excited. Yes, of course. They had to bring in uh, Edward L. Montoro and his company, Film Ventures International, um, to get this film kind of made. Um, which ended up being uh, a huge mistake, but we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> Um, Montero was not a good dude, and that was a okay. Big... You know what? Let's can we get into that? I I need to know now. That's this is yes. Intriguing. Okay, so Montero just did pay them out. Like this film, when it was finally released, um, it was the most successful independent movie of all time. Um, <laughs> wow! Until Halloween, that's shocking. A few years later. That's that's still shocking though. I mean that, that that's still like what? That's three two years that it held on? Yeah, yeah, no for sure. And again, like, you know, this is like, you know, in the seventies. So like this is you know, it's it's pretty impressive that a, a movie like this really really kind of made all this money and it, it it grossed more than thirty million dollars worldwide and that included apparently it was a big hit in Japan. Not really a surprise there, um, but it was like a huge hit in Japan. Did well in Germany, all that stuff. Um, but uh, Edward El Montero didn't share the profits with the rest of the team because he was like, oh, no, it's not making enough money. Like, there's no money to give you. Um, and he just kept all the profits for himself. So it's like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre there. They got funded basically by a bunch of mafia people who then... Oh, and maybe not funded by... Maybe they were just the, the p- people who released it, but essentially the mafia was involved and was being like yeah no there's no money it's not making anything it's weird uh, yeah well luckily there wasn't the mob here it happened a lot in the 70s though yeah that, that, that's not really a surprise like there's a lot of grifters in the 70s like that was prime that was prime well, era as, as, as like... if it's as if that's changed it's just now that it's easier <laughs> to, to stop them no 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 you know, filmmaking has no issues right now at all 
<laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with Hollywood or independent <laughs> film. There's 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 no drama happening. It's gotten. Do you know how how many news mega or news websites have had to just shut their doors because they don't have anything to talk about anymore? It's definitely not due to the complete destruction of the news media that is leading to a drought in really complex and comprehensive coverage of journalistic events. Well, actually, okay, if we're gonna, if we're going to go that route and that, then we also have to highlight the fact that basically creating a system in which you're funded for views rather for the, rather than for content right and so you yes. make up anything and put it out there and as long as you say oh so the, sources say or it's alleged that you can literally make up shit put it out there write 10 of those a day and that one of them gets picked up and people are like this is bullshit and they share that and other people click on it and you make just as much money and you had to put no effort into it in that so yeah it's not like it's just the, you know, it's just the death nails of a creatively bankrupt industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in this one, uh, they started a lawsuit. And they they got their money, so that's good. Good. I'm I'm actually um, happy to hear that. I don't. I don't. Like one of the things is though, like they probably didn't have like you know, they probably didn't make a lot of money. Like they probably got their money, but they probably had to spend a lot of that in legal fees. I would imagine they didn't really disclose that, but at least they probably made sure that they would be paid on the back end as well when things happened which was i don't legal fees are expensive but i can't imagine i can't imagine that like if you you're all teamed up too so it's going to be divided between like i can't it can't can't eat up all of it i gotta i have to imagine in my heart of hearts that they walked away with enough to be satisfied I, i would hope so i would hope so weirdly enough though Girdler teamed up with Montero for Day of the Animals, like the next year. Wait, 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 wait okay. when did when did the league did, did the, the did the lawsuit and the suing for money happen in in this year, and then they teamed up? I think so. Like I wasn't able to get nobody mentioned exactly when that lawsuit happened. So like I don't know if he went like if he was in the process of suing him and because the day of the animals came out the following year right so yeah well okay so if you think it look let's let's take a second and think about the 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 logistics of dates so this movie comes out and that um, that movie needs to shoot and be released within a year and that meanwhile grizzly's still trying to do grizzly would still be doing overseas business so there's a very real chance, and because most of most of your contracts like that are going to be signed before the production, so there's probably things were looking good, and then they're like, let's do this movie, and then this happened would be that would make the most sense. Um, out of but being how fucked up the story it is, let's it's probably the opposite. Well, I don't know exactly. <laughs> that's the that's the thing, right? Because here's here's the thing about uh, you know, just talking about you know production history. This film was only shot in four weeks. This entire movie was shot in four weeks in Clayton, Georgia. That, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Not at all. The The script was actually written to take place in the, in the summer, uh, and it's supposed to take place in the summer because, you know, they're trying to rip off Jaws. If you're trying to rip off Jaws, you want to set it in the summer. Well, they didn't start filming until November. <laughs> so this movie is filmed like it's summer, but it's like the middle of winter in Georgia. That explains why you can see people's breath at points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had to like do a lot of creative liberties in order to not show the tops of the trees because, 
you know, it was fall and there was no leaves or anything. So there's a lot of like straight on <laughs> shots and stuff like that. Yeah, you know what? Actually, now that you're saying this, like I did I did register, but like not 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 in a noticeable way where I was like, huh, that's odd. But I, I did realize at some point I was like, man, the cameras tends to be locked down and it tends to be kept at like human eye level. And yeah, that, that's exactly I, th- I thought that was a choice of like grounding it with the characters and it's like, nope, of course not. <laughs> no. When they when they got into the first few weeks of December and it started to snow, they had to bring in hot air blowers to like melt the snow before each shot in order to keep the illusion of the film. It's funny that, that this movie was the number one best uh, for making its money uh, until Halloween. And like Halloween, where they had issues with trying to get it just right when with leaves specifically. Because in Halloween, they shot it. It's supposed to be the Midwest, but they shoot it in California, which is why they have palm trees in the background. Right. But they had, they, had, they had like two bags, uh, like garbage bags of leaves that they would have to put out on the lawn for the shot. And then they had to go back and pick up every leaf <laughs> again to use it for the next shot. And like that, that's... I'm, Apparently, the secret to getting a successful indie film is to have issues with the foliage. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, the trio of actors in the film were Christopher George, who is the park ranger, um, the one who's like... Mr. Boring. He's kind of boring. Kind of boring. David Brine, who is the helicopter pilot. I liked him. Yeah, he was pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Um, and of course, our favorite Richard Jekyll, uh, as a grizzly bear expert, um, who is the greatest. Are we allowed? Are we doing spoilers? Do we give a shit? Oh yeah, no, no, no. Just spoil away. Spoil away. I was really upset with his death. I I did not think he was going to die. He did not deserve that. It, he still had a character arc to finish, and they're just like fuck that. I find it really his death is very weird in the film because it's a fake out and then a death happens. Because they did this really thing that thing that I think is really interesting and creative in that like he is like kind of like buried alive by the like the bear. The bear like throws a bunch of dirt on him and like walks away. Um, and you're like, oh, that's that's an interesting thing. But like, I can see like an animal doing that, or Freddy Krueger as a skeleton. It, it seemed like a oh, that's kind of a cool way to make this character survive. Because in Jaws, of course, you have two survivors, um, and this would have been a good way to bring that Hooper character and and have him survive. Well, at this point, we still have the the helicopter pilot is still alive at this point, right? And so point, we yeah. would still have two at the end. So like. They're really, they really are trying to do, they have the trio, then that one of them dies, and that it's also the guy with the history, so they're following the Quint uh, yep. idea, and yep. then, but like, yeah, so he has the fake out death, and then he comes back and you're like, oh, great, awesome, like, yeah, I, he just got attacked, he has every reason to now be the badass, like, film tells me the fact that he's alive means that he's about to do some cool shit. Film lies. Yeah, yeah, more often than not, ain't it? I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, his death is just very weird, and it, it doesn't, it feels wrong, and then, following that, like, very quick, like, he dies, like, five minutes before the end of the movie. Like, we just, we just lose, like, everybody else except our main guy, pretty much, at the end, Cause, but the we have the best scene ever, which is the grizzly bear versus helicopter. <laughs> just every, 
That I love. The the last act of this movie is so much fun, and the way that the the grizzly bear is killed with a grenade, lo- like a bazooka. Sorry, is just the the peak level of like yes, this is this is what I want to see in life. Um. <laughs> um the pilot of that helicopter uh david brine was when he first got the movie he was just called by his agent and his agent was like get on a get on a plane and then brine was like can i like see a script or something um and like his agent was like no you can't see a script it's jaws just go they'll give you a script when you get there get on the plane (laughs) he's like he got on the plane having barely any idea of what kind of a movie he was filming (laughs) and uh when he got there uh you know he he was said to like go off script quite a bit because he didn't read it (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly he didn't read it uh and he himself actually improvised that 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 quint speech um the <laughs> that fucking makes so much more sense now, right? Right? Uh, because I think I, you, uh, w- when you first watch this movie, you like contact me like that speech made no like did, is the wrong way to do this. Like it made no sense. Everything about it was wrong, but everything about it felt like, hey, I've seen Jaws. Yeah, exactly. And that was exactly what Brian said. Brian was like, yeah, I, you know, I'd seen Jaws. We were missing this. We if we're gonna be a Jaws ripoff, we gotta include this scene. So he just, he improved it. And like on the Blu-ray, he's jokingly like, ha I should get a writing credit for that. And somebody on IMDb put him in as a writing credit just for that speech. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he's an uncredited writer on this at IMDb. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Listen, sir, and that, you, you need to actually write. exactly you don't get the writing credit just for improv and do you know how many improv movies there are right right that extra that beamed john malkovich in the head and being john malkovich didn't get a writing credit just because he was (laughs) drunk that day on set (laughs) yeah uh brian was hungover a lot uh on the on the script the on the set he apparently was quite the partier um (laughs) at that point in his life um and you know richard jekyll who was like always you know everyone was like oh he was like very professional he's kind um he wouldn't go out for drinks with the crew though because he wanted to work out so he's like one of those people like he'd be like no 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 no, no. i'm not going to work out with the crew i i got i'm sorry i'm not going to drink with the crew i gotta work out and you're like i mean all right dude you do you (laughs) christopher george uh he apparently he really only liked doing love scenes with his wife uh linda day george he was like uh the 70s wife guy apparently so he's just he's 70s pence <laughs> oh, no. mother 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 I mother i have a grizzly i must fight mother <laughs> please wish me luck it's terrifying in these woods mother i'm alone the crew the crew keeps trying to they get the trick trying to get me to drink, but mother, I can't. You know me, mother. And <laughs> that Jenkins with his workouts. Boy, howdy. <laughs> I'm being tempted, mother, by that Jekyll. He is, he is too tempting. Um, but apparently, like, because of this, he was, like, very uh, hesitant about his, like, any of his romantic scenes with Joan McCall. Who's gorgeous oh yeah who is gorgeous in this movie and when any interviews i've seen with her about this movie she seems like she's she had a good time in this and and is speaking highly of george she more mostly just tells the story with a smirk because 
you know, it's just kind of silly how how kind of self-conscious he is about this. That he's like, oh, I got my wife. Like, I I can't be seen getting too into this love scene. You know what? I can I can I can respect that. Like, I I don't I don't agree with it in that because I'm like, if I'm an actor, it's like, all right, I'll do the scene. But I can I can respect like wanting to because what it ultimately is, I hope, in that is him wanting to respect and not hurt her and so there's compassion behind it so it's understandable yeah no it's actually it's actually kind of a nice nice change of pace right because again we're we're joking about hollywood now not having any problems but it has many many problems and it's because of men who have nowhere near this level of scruples or hesitancy towards any scene um and Mm -hmm. uh towards any woman period well, yeah, towards any woman, period. Um, Christopher and uh, Linda would actually star in Day of the Animals. There it comes up again. So uh, the star. I gotta watch this now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess so. Uh, I was I was intending to watch it before this film, but it kind of got taken down of all the, the like. I think it was on Prime for a little bit, but it got taken down. Blah blah blah. Uh, I will eventually watch it. I will eventually watch it. Um, the uh, many of the town like many people who just like were officials in the town were extras like they really kind of got their money's worth by just being like hey come on come on let's get this picture done let's get this picture done and like they they were i know this is four weeks right the the schedule for this is is insane with the amount of work that they had to get done so flaxman and sheldon who wrote the picture actually decided to become assistant directors um which makes them writers producers and assistant directors like they did a lot on this film Uh, you keep saying the four weeks and that makes that makes the fact that the stuff with the grizzly bear actually works that much more impressive because when we get to claws the stuff with the grizzly bear in claws just does not work it feels very cheap it feels very rushed and the stuff with the bear in this by all accounts it was cheap and it was rushed and yet it works in that there is there is a very clear difference between these two films in that one of them has professionals behind it and right, when you right. get professional like like p- people who are there to work not just because they they're there for the glitz and glamour when you get professionals on a film like this it might be a jaws ripoff but you get a solid jaws ripoff Right, no, exactly. And all of those scenes with the bear were actually done by David Sheldon um, because he would work with the animal trainer that they had. And keep in mind, this was not like this was not much of a, uh, you know, a trained bear. Um, This was a grizzly by the name of Teddy. Uh, It was actually a female (laughs) grizzly. Um, And it was the at that point, it was the largest grizzly bear in captivity. Um, And eventually you know she would become the mother i believe actually she gave birth this same year as this movie was released 1976 of bart the bear uh and bart the bear was like a huge bear actor of the as i remember no but i i do i know that name right yeah and bart the bear was like a very famous cinematic bear especially in the 80s like there are so many movies that just have like if they needed a bear uh chances are it was uh bart the bear uh, and that's just like a weird, like, you know, even, even in grizzly bears, nepotism is the thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. 
what bullshit is this? Um, they, they they had to bring in Teddy from Washington, and uh, they you know, she was still like a wild ass bear. They had like very rudimentary training, but like they had to like you know tempt her with treats. Which like there's a whole bunch of scenes of Prine feeding her bread for whatever reason. She like loved to eat bread, which I don't know. That kind of weirded me out because I just didn't think about you know bears eating bread uh but they also use like fish <laughs> and stuff like that um and in order like in any scenes where the bear is with the people there's like apparently there's like a thin electric wire kind of in between them uh as a kind of like a makeshift fence like something that wouldn't really like stop the uh the bear and i want to point out that bart the bear's wikipedia includes charity work <laughs> which is wonderful <laughs> yeah. And Please Bart the Bear there. in that is the amazing bear that was in Benji the Hunted and then later in 12 Monkeys before passing due to a cancer diagnosis in 2000. He was in Benji the Hunted? Yeah, he's that bear. Oh my god. See, Benji the Hunted is the film that almost had um, Roger Ebert and uh, Siskel have a fist fight because they disagreed on that movie so much they those two apparently just kind of hated each other uh to the bitter end well they absolutely did and yet they respected each other and get in when like worked like the fact that they disliked each other was part of what made it work and like they even they 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 very clearly like even though they didn't like each other they very clearly respected each other like not all the time but Often, often enough, there's like great interviews in that with with like Siskel talking about Ebert or Ebert talking about Siskel, and like I I really respect the fact that two people that didn't like each other could get together and do a show like that for as long as they did. That's like, very true. That's very like, true. That that feels more hopeful to me than than a lot of the shit that you see these days, where everybody is so divided. And that if I don't like you, that means you're the enemy. Uh, to be to be fair, though, I do want to point out in that that in this day and age that we live in, a lot of the people are your fucking enemy. They want to take your rights. They want to make it so you can't vote. They want you to be fucking dead. They want you to be fucking scared. Those people should be your enemy. But the person who the person who just has an opinion that's different from you, like you should respect and love that because that's how. That's how you get new thoughts. You have to kind of engage. You have to engage with thoughts that aren't your own. You have to engage with thoughts that are counter to your own. You you may come out of the engagement going, well, that was a good point, and maybe they're right. Or you might come out of it with a stronger opinion that you are right. But either way, you'll come out of it with something. You know what else was missing um, in this movie? The electric wire in the very final scene with David Bryan. Someone forgot to reel out the electric wire to separate him from Teddy the bear. Um, so when she, when he has like the butt of the rifle and the bear is like approaching him, uh, yeah, that's real fear on Prine's eyes, <laughs> eyes because they didn't have... Okay, wait, wait, so what is the electric... Explain how this works first. So basically, so they had like this little wire that had, was like electrified so that if the, the bear kind of started to approach, it would kind of like hit the wire, be like, get zapped and like... So, so, so it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, what you use to keep a dog on your, like one of those, um, like keep your dog on your yard type yeah but, but with it, a fucking bear where it doesn't actually hurt <laughs> it but it's just it's it's a deterrent oh yeah no i don't i don't believe this was hurt hurting uh the bear oh I, don't, I mean i don't i mean i was thinking about the dogs the bear i'm pretty sure is fucking fine 
Um, but yeah, and, and uh, but it wasn't like a lot of protection. And in that final scene, they didn't do it. It wasn't. It wasn't there. And so all of a sudden, he like realizes that. It's like, oh fuck. But this bear was apparently like, yes, it was like a fearsome bear. But like this bear was not trying to fight people. Um, it, like at one point, someone even accidentally fired off a shotgun, and instead of like attacking everyone, it just hid. It, it just went into his cage and like hid. Uh, and apparently, like, it had this cage at this, like, so this guy had, like, this pickup truck with, like, a big old metal cage in it. And it would just, like, go back in and out. That was how it was transported around. What is it about Jaws ripoffs and a lack of safety? So there's that with with uh, Grizzly. And for some reason, it brought to the head, um, you know, Deep Blue Sea. Very clearly a Jaws ripoff. Right. And in that one, there's a moment when they're running... They're out on the, like, they're on the outside part of the deck. The helicopter has just left with the injured party. And they're trying to, like, run to get back inside. And they were not supposed to have some, like, 30 tons of water dropped on them or whatever it was. And yet they did. And it's throwing, it's, you can see it throwing them and throwing some of the set around. Because it wasn't supposed to drop with them out there. And, like, it, it, I mean, thankfully it didn't cause any damage, but apparently um, Samuel L. Jackson, like, got real fucking angry, like, so angry, but then he saw the footage and he's like, that's fucking hilarious, put that in the movie. <laughs> I would, man, I, that's crazy, yeah, there's, like, other, there's other stories where, like, you know, in some of these Jaws, like, in the very, very low budget, probably the, the Italian ones. Oh, I was about to say, once you get to the Italian ones, like, oh, boy, is there some issue. They, they one, they, they most often, like, just murder whatever animal they're fighting in the movie. Uh, but also, like, there is some very dangerous stuff in some of those movies. I'm, I'm going to... I, I know this probably won't sound good, but I'm going to just go on the record and say, I bet you there are more deaths in Italian horror films, like real deaths, than we than we know of. I bet you there are there are some bodies on that, especially in the ones where they would go into into these uh, countries that weren't doing so well, and they would work with. They would work with natives and locals and that. We know for a fact that when they went to, when a lot of the films moved into the Philippines, there were a lot of real deaths in the Philippines and in those movies and that. And they would also, like, the, whoever, Canon moved in there for a bit, but Italian films also did a lot in the Philippines. And there's stories about how, like, the dictator who was in charge at the time would be like, what you want you want explosions all right and you just call the air force and be like hey bomb this location make sure you're rolling jesus so like i i bet you there's there's some unmarked graves that are directly related to italian horror films (laughs) i would not be surprised um and especially some of the especially some of these jaws ripoffs where they get really kind of wild with what they're doing like live crocodiles being in an area and everything like that like they really just kind of go ham some of these movies um there's absolutely there's absolutely i i I bet you and if there's if if this is not a story like if this hasn't happened in real life or even if it has this would make for a great fictional story where you have like a shitty horror film production they're doing a they're doing a jaws ripoff and that they have a couple crocodiles and at the end of the thing, instead of paying to have them take it away or dealt with, they just leave them there, and then boom, there's your back, your origin story for, uh, like this the crocodile trio that's now terrorizing the small village. 
amazing. That actually sounds that actually sounds amazing. I mean, like, I mean, I I can see it. I can see it. I love it. I love it. Apparently, this movie had a mechanical bear at one point, but the the it got caught in the rain and the model was ruined. Oh man! I was I was kind of like, are you what? Are you sure? You like you didn't spend that much money on this movie like are you sure you had a mechanical bear is this like a weird story that you just tell um but they they did give an actual it was the showbiz pizza bear (laughs) that would be so terrifying um and not in a you just have you have a you know you have you have the shot of the grizzly bear attacking the helicopter and then like you have the shot of of like he falls out of the helicopter you have a shot of the bear, you have him grab the rifle, you have a shot back and he's shooting and it's very clearly like six frames of the rocket hitting the showbiz pizza bear instead of a grizzly. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, but no, this one apparently was made at Bischoff Taxidermy, which was like a taxidermy place. And I looked it up. It's a real place that also does mechanical like special effects for like bears and stuff. So like, I doubt they would have named the place if this wasn't a real story, but hey, maybe they would. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently it got caught in the rain and then they couldn't use it anymore. Um, I don't know where they would have needed it. I think this film works pretty well without it. Like, I don't I don't really know. Well, but the same thing could be said about Jaws. Like, where did they need That's a mechanical true. shark in Jaws? It turns out the movie worked pretty well without what they were planning. They thought they needed it, but what they actually needed wasn't. And so it, it, they don't know that they don't need it yet at that point. That's true. That's true. And that's one of the things that I think is one of the things major thing that's lost in the CG era is that there's like there's no failure and like ways to compensate around that failure. Uh, like if an effect doesn't work or whatever, because you can just you just like, oh, we're doing it in a post and you won't know it doesn't work until you watch the movie and it doesn't work. <laughs> So, or 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 until you watch the trailer and you see his weird human teeth and they spend hours and hours changing the movie again. Which, you know what? I'm going to... Controversial opinion. They made the right choice. That first one was legitimately scary. I do think they did because they, they made their money back and then some. So, like, I think the fact that Absolutely. it was a hit does, does prove that they did actually make the right choice. I don't... I, I don't think... I don't think that original... Like, like it's just... that that We're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. And... and the weird decision where like sometimes you want to be like like ah well that's a what do i feel about this move this movement like convincing people to change this and that or what do i think about the movement of like the snyder cut being released but then the films are released later and it's like actually that movement released something of value in that like it's probably the most fascinating thing of DCs that was released. Right. And I think I think in I think in that version it also did allow for a catharsis. I feel good that they're able to actually have the film that they were looking to make, that the, the vision they had being completed. That has nothing to do with Grizzly though. <laughs> well, no. Oh. Guess what? One. There's there's a very definite uh transition I'm gonna make. Um Ooh. Congratulations. Ace, I know. Congratulations. The one time I have a good transition. Uh, but um, the one thing I will say is, like, we're obviously not excluding all, all the people who were, like, harassing women about the Snyder Cut. So, like, that's not... But the fact that we're talking about... Oh, no, I don't want to... Yeah, no, 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 no I don't... I, the, movement, the movement itself, the, 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 like, having a movement itself is fine and that when you have the these components of that that 
attach themselves to a movement and take it to an extreme, it's always a problem that only serves to dilute the point of the overall movement and that it's using an extreme to judge the whole. And I don't think we should do that with anything because when you do that, you are basically saying whatever argument they have, like, hey, you have all this footage for this movie, maybe you should just let them edit it and release it. Well, that's a fine enough argument, but then you're taking it to this extreme where it it's so over the top that it eliminates, or not even eliminates, it mutes the original point. No, that's a, that is a very good point. Um, and the transition I was going to make is the person who did the, the poster for Grizzly um is was neil adams who was a very famous batman artist so ka-chow <laughs> i shouldn't have congratulated that <laughs> that was reach that was reaching oh that was beautiful anyways um, very, very good. Very beautiful. Um, the score was also done by Robert O. Raglan, which doesn't sound like a real name, but it is. I assure you. It, no, do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like the Raglan, the, the Raglan Institute. Um, it's the Institute from Cronenberg's The Brood. That, that's Dr. Raglan. Oh my God. So he did the score for this movie. Um. I don't actually, I want to be, I don't think the Institute is named after him, but he is Dr. Raglan. Um, I think it had a different name just for the Cronenberg people that will send me hate mail and weird uh, mutilated monster genitals. So, <laughs> as as they do, um, and apparently use the entire Philharmonic Orchestra. I think this is actually a pretty good score. To be honest with you, I find it pretty like uh, upbeat and jaunty. Um, it was like the right kind of ripoff of the John Williams score for Jaws. Like, I, there's a lot of that in there, and I, I really like this score. It, it was a score. It did not draw attention to itself. It added to what was happening, and I, I, a great score will draw attention to itself, and a bad score will. And both of these tend to you know, draw attention away from the movie, and so it's in that, it's in that nice middle spot where it it's only offering more to the film. That's very true. That's very true. Unfortunately, William Girdler died extremely young. He was, uh, he died, I think he was, he was, he was around his, the age of 30. Um, he was doing location scouting uh, for doing another movie, and he was actually going to bring in uh, actor uh, David Brine, who was in this movie, to be in that, to be in this movie that he was scouting. Uh, and while he was scouting for the movie, he got into a helicopter explosion, and his body was never recovered, but uh, he for sure died. Um, and it was just like this this tragedy that just kind of ended the life of this guy. And, and all these interviews with everyone, uh, you can see everyone kind of gets really kind of affected by, by this because, you know, Girdler was a character, but, like, Girdler was a kind of a friend to all these people, and they all... Well, one of the things that I, I think is most interesting about this movie as a whole is the the the, the level of kindness in this these behind the scenes uh, elements. Like, I, nothing can kind of ruin a movie a little bit. Like, I mean, it shouldn't ruin a movie because you shouldn't be taking in extra thing. But like, nothing kind of ruins a movie than uh, you finding out that everyone had a terrible time making it. Um, and it really kind of it it really reinforces some of the more fun aspects of Grizzly 
is that um, everyone seems to kind of really enjoy making this movie, and that does make this this final note pretty pretty sad. <laughs> is really sad, but I would say sometimes knowing that like like it depends on what the extra knowledge you bring in is. Because when I think of Holiday and Handcuffs, the fact that they all were horribly, horribly sick throughout the making of it, and the way that, like, once you know that, you can, you can see in their performances how they're, like, fighting against nausea the whole time, like, that adds, that adds some fun to it. But what adds, what adds the negative is not only, it's, it's, it's when it's very clearly, like, there is a victim, there is somebody being harassed, being put into a bad place, right. and yeah. that, that's that's what really will paint a movie into a negative light. Um, it's not necessarily that everybody had fun, and that people could hate the movie and it can still be good, but just that somebody was hurt in the making of it. That's what will, for me, will really ruin one. So it's very nice to hear that in this film, that by, by for, for all purposes in that i mean it's a it's a fucking jaws ripoff that came off the next year we should be hearing stories about how it was fucking uh, it was just a slave driver behind the thing and nobody knew what was happening and changes every minute and nothing worked like that's what you would expect so hearing that everybody seems to have had a good time or at least look back looks back on it fondly is great yeah and and it's kind of fun because one of the things uh, one of these special features that was like this screening at the new bev which is like a very famous la theater and uh they, like they're just sitting there like and having a having a nice conversation like it's brian and i think it, i think it's flaxman who are just like kind of hanging out and chatting um they're like introducing the movie to everyone and i, I thought it was really it was really kind of a sweet sweet thing to see uh, of people who like are enjoying their time um hello jug what are you doing sorry all my cats are just being being cats um but yeah and um i think i think that kind of resonates with me uh, for this picture as a whole because i i find this picture like it's silly like i know it's not going to be like academy award winning um but i find this movie really rewatchable in, in such a way that it's it's very fun um it's also grizzly too like again pardon the pun no it's grizzly one <laughs> grizzly two was the other one we talked about yes that's true grizzly two um but th- th- like you know it's it, it's not afraid to go into interesting places um and i i think as a whole this this film works and i'm glad i own this movie because i i will watch it quite a few times um what about you like zach like wh- what do you think about this movie as a whole i think it's a pretty decent film i think that yes it's absolutely a jaws ripoff but if you're not thinking about it in that lens it, it's really just another wildlife attacks films so that's a genre i really like there's enough grisliness to it that I'm satisfied. There was plenty of bear action, and there was plenty of brutal deaths as far as it goes for this time period. But mm, I don't. I don't know if I will readily seek it out to watch again anytime soon. But if it happened to be on TV, if I happened to have TV, then I would watch it. Nice, nice. I mean, hey, I mean that's. That's that's selling enough uh, and much more than we're going to sell on this other movie, um, Claws. Oh, yeah, no, that's a piece of shit. Avoid it. Yeah, no, Claws is <laughs> a movie from 1977, and I don't have any information on it, barely. Oh, cool. We're in the same boat. <laughs> all, like, 
I was scrambling through all of these like online resources and then I started to read like I bought a few books and was like all right this is on on animal attacks like let's get some claws information nobody has any information on claws I don't really blame them uh one of the only facts that I can tell you is that it was all shot in Alaska and in certain territories like Mexico, Spain, and I've heard Canada, but I haven't seen a Canadian poster like this. Uh, it was marketed as Grizzly 2. I bought the uh, original Mexican poster for this <laughs> under the title Grizzly 2. Um, I think it's actually more of like a one sheet. Like it's not a huge poster, but um, I did buy this uh, this this th poster. Um, it was very cheap because I don't think, I don't think anyone really cares about this movie. Um, another movie with a bitching poster though. The poster of this movie does look pretty cool. The poster is the best part of the movie. Yeah. I mean, how I, I, I don't even know how to describe this movie. It's this movie is a fever dream involving a grizzly bear It starts out. There's a grizzly bear attack. It takes the guy's hand, yet you're never going to see him without his hand. It's just like, oh, that's a prosthetic hand, but he's going to use it perfectly fine. Uh, it cuts, it jumps forward in time. And it's like, it has this very interesting idea in this early part where it's like the devil bear. And so this bear that attacked him, it's like this known bear. People know that there is a bear that will attack and kill humans and has a taste for human blood. And slowly, over the course of the film, our main character, who you don't realize is the main character at first, gathers a team of people who are all a complete mush in my head on that. I can't tell you any, except one of them's old. That's the only thing I remember. Uh, they, they go out into the wild in order to hunt and, and kill this bear, and most of the film is just them boringly walking around in shots of the wilderness because you don't need a permit to shoot there. And nothing really happens. And then it ends. Yeah, it's kind of like this weird revenge film because the bear fucks with this guy. This guy and his wife are divorced. It's basically Miss 45 with a bear. <laughs> but it, you know, kind of. Like that ending? <laughs> Kind of, kind of. Um, How did it end? Well, so <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. So, like, the bear uh, kill, like, attacks the scout, the scout troops um, and critically injures the kid, uh, their kid. So the father, who's, like, this strange father. Oh, oh, oh this, is, this, is, this is in the modern time, though. This, happen this happens at, this isn't the beginning. After. This happens, yes, this, yeah. is, this so, is after, like, three years I, after he was attacked. Yeah, I have whatever the fucking the the first for the first five ten minutes of this i are incomprehensible like half of it is some lady and this guy singing all the audio was slightly out of sync too like everything everything is slightly like it's not playing quite when it's supposed to and it has a sort of tinny thing to it and it's like you fucked up the audio on this so badly <laughs> and they're just singing like the bear goes into the mountains the bear goes into, and like which if you think about it they're telling they're telling you what's going to happen in the movie and that that bear is going to go into the mountains to try to kill the other bear so he can then get his son back. Yeah, so uh, you should stop listening. You should stop watching the movie as soon as you get that. Uh, but anyway, so then, yeah, so then the the man who has been de-beared, like the bear has, you know, emasculated him, has to get his manhood back, so he has to go kill the bear. But first he first he gathers a group of, like, he it's, it's like, it's like a 
action film where like he has to first like gather his group of like you specialists. Son of a bitch. Each I'm in. Each with a different <laughs> skill set. Like like yeah, it's like a heist film, I guess, well, actually, more than an action film. Right, because like the other the other so the other people who joined, um, so he has this very like not well written um a native american character who's like his kind of like this guy who's like a caretaker oh my god yeah that was bad uh and then he also has like the guy who is in charge of this uh like this hunting like this scout troop that all mm-hmm. the scouts get get mauled in and he's like i gotta get my revenge too and you also have grandpa some grandpa guy he's like a he's like a commissioner or like he's like someone i don't who's like know. the he's only there. person that lives our main guy lives i believe i believe at the end they yeah. like they fly the helicopter in and the, the, his <laughs> wife is in the helicopter trying to be like look the, the kid's okay the kid's gonna live he woke yeah. up from the coma so she goes flying in to find him and like but but first oh no sorry first they go in they go in, they rescue Grandpa, who had, like, they fell down the mountain, and so he, his legs twisted. Uh, the helicopter comes, rescues him, leaves, and then comes back with her for the main guy, and gets there just in time for him to fight a bear. Yeah, because he is, like, hanging out at this, like, old mining quarry, and this just giant bear is just, like, following him around. And the it's this scene is kind of cool, no. Like, is it just like a live bear just swatting at random pieces of construction equipment? Um, okay, that part that part is fine, sure, and that. But you could you could just look up a YouTube video of a search like like bear at construction site, and you'll find a more interesting video. I mean, you're not wrong. The bear somehow rupture, ruptures a like barrel that just says gas on it. Yeah, the barrel the barrel was up like up 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 on a shelf, and he like breaks the <laughs> shelf so it falls, and it then like opens up and starts to spill out. Yeah, and then you get a then you then you just get a shot of someone clearly spraying a bunch of water in a bear's face, and the bear's not <laughs> happy about it. And I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then when the, when the wife shows up, um, they set the bear on fire, and the bear falls off a cliff. Which very I, I don't think it's the real bear no 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 that it's, point. Ba- it's, it's very it's very yeah. clearly that it's, it's very like, uh, clearly not <laughs> like it, i think they got the uh the, the animatronic they got, that they got the animatronic it. that didn't work <laughs> from grizzly <laughs> they just someone snuck on the set and stole it they just used one of my that that's why that's why uh, the the rain was just a cover story for the insurance <laughs> But one of my one of my favorite things in any film is when a bad dummy shot, like a fallen dummy, is always hilarious. And their shot of the bear fallen is done so poorly, it's not even funny. It's just like, yep, he's just fell off the cliff. We're like our camera is so far back we can't tell what's happening. Weirdly enough, this movie has something in common with a Godzilla movie. Which one? There's a few. So, are there? I, I wasn't aware. So, in the American edit... I mean, you wouldn't know. I'm really the kaiju guy here. So, I, it's my duty to know. It's true, it's true. I I am but a, a, a kaiju, kaiju neophyte. Kaiju! Um, <laughs> kaiju! That, that, oh, that should be my animal attack movie! Kaiju! And it's like all these... It's like a zoo gets hit by radiation and they all become giant and like start to kill everyone. That sounds That's cool. actually pretty great. 
<laughs> Anyways, um, in the American edit of Terror of Mechagodzilla, there's this really weird opening montage, and that was edited by the guy, one of the directors of this film. And this guy has only ever directed one movie, and it was Claws. So he edited that 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 opening <laughs> element of Terror of Mechagodzilla, and then his next credit is Claws. You know what? You're this is this is shocking. Because one of the things that we haven't got into yet about Claws is just how fucking atrocious the editing is. Like, everything about this movie is wrong, but one of the reasons why you have no idea what the fuck happened in the start is because it is edited like an experimental film school project. It truly is. It truly... Like, the, the death of the Native American character... Where he is just seeing his, like, he's just seeing a bunch of people in robes, like, lifting their arms up, and then a bear just hugs him and kills him. And you're like, what? What just happened? What? I, I will say that the that the bear, that the movie got a legitimate jump scare out of me. There's just, there's a part when just, like, you, you know the bear's gonna get the guy any second, it's gonna get him. And then even though you know it's going to happen, it just like jumps out of the left side of the screen like a fucking slasher villain. And I was like, whoa, I jumped out of my seat because I was, even though I was expecting the death, I wasn't expecting it to be that. Because it just happens. It just happens. And it's just like, like the shot doesn't change. He's just walking towards camera and then somebody threw a stuffed animal at him. And, like, some of the other deaths in this are equally bizarre. Like, the, the, the grizzly bear, like, takes down a tree that, like, kills one of the guys. Um, and just, there's just, like, a lot. Like, the flashbacks are really weird. Like, I feel like I, I, I'm i surprised this movie doesn't have, like, a, like, you know, just, like, I, I would expect, like, a Severin or, like, a Vinegar Syndrome or, like, one of those boutique labels that kind of, you know, uh, dabbles in let's say uh, trash. Let's let's uh, say crap. Oh, trash. <laughs> <that works>. Yeah, <laughs> tra- tra- crappy trash. It did not has hasn't done like a full you know four K restoration of claws that they're gonna like release <laughs> for, like on a Black Friday sale and they'll go out of stock because <laughs> because you bought them all <laughs> because I bought them all. <laughs> You were decided. You, you were trying to save the world. You, they don't need this. They're not ready. I must. I must save the world. The the guy. Oh my god! The guy who wrote this. One of the writers of this is a guy named Chuck D. Keen. Chuck D. Keen, which again apparently is a real name. All of his writing credits are weird. Um, bear movies. Uh, Wait, like, what? Yes. <laughs> you could be, you could just be like, you could just make a living in the 70s as the bear writer. Pretty much. You know what, though? I'm assuming he made a living after I fucking watched this. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Uh, here's another fun fact. Everyone's careers stop with this movie. <laughs> uh, none of these guys, like, directed anything after this. Like, they, they have, like, a few editing jobs, but, like, other than that, like, there's there's nothing um but you know chuck d keen he wrote things like the timber tramps real movie okay wilderness journey which has a bear on the cover challenge to be free which has a bear on the cover and his last thing that he did ever uh maybe he just died uh was the movie claws of embarrassment maybe all of the maybe, maybe there was like a horrific maybe the reason the quality of the sound in the video is so bad is like 
they had a horrific fire that like burned up all of the, everybody involved and this is the only copy left yeah, that's very true one of the things i'm kind of learning is that these guys are local alaska dudes because oh, the okay. t- timber tramps was also a movie filmed in alaska uh and it actually stars leon ames who is actually one of the stars of of grizzly okay of grizzly i was about to say i thought you were gonna no, say no, one no, of the no, stars sorry. of claws uh, i was gonna say claws. nobody star. oh fuck nobody nobody's a star of the claws every everybody okay. is just everybody is just an embarrassment of claws okay 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 <laughs> the other writer whose name is brian russell do you want to guess what he wrote the next year he wrote a tv series wait wait wait. what year is this again 1978 he wrote three episodes of a tv series uh i don't know what was out in that time small wonder no that's 80s the life and times of grizzly adams (laughs) (laughs) how can i oh my god can we just take a moment to appreciate Grizzly Adams? He should have been in this fucking movie. <laughs> right? Holy shit, this guy also wrote The Annihilators. Have you seen The Annihilators? I've never, I don't, I don't think I've even heard of that one. It's, oh, no, neither have I. Oh, this is just one of those movies where it's like a Vietnam guy. Oh, uh, sorry, I lied. Oh, okay. It's just some guy comes back from Vietnam. What did, what did you, what did you think it was? I thought it was like a sci-fi movie where a man is like in... Uh, a weird robocop body but i guess not Um, that sounds like the exterminator as well where the man comes back and kills his people (laughs) fucking it's the same movie like six times you you know how claws had a lot of like overt um (laughs) uh you know very overt uh let's just say christian messaging in it wait what no seriously though actually i don't i don't remember it anymore it did not it did not of um, none of it oh. the, the, one of the writers did write <laughs> ancient, ancient ancient secrets of the bibles part one and two um i do wonder if there was any bears in that oh my god there is bears in the bible there's a time in the bible one of the bible stories is an old man is like made fun of by these kids for being bald and then he plays to god for vengeance and a bunch of bears come out and eat all the kids that's amazing yeah that's a a real bible story you're like damn that's a that's a bit of an overreaction but yeah those bears ate those kids um so i bet you that was in there um (laughs) fucking god's just like i got you my boy (laughs) i got you my boy i know claws i know claws and grizzly are gonna be a hit so i gotta (laughs) i'm gonna give this to you listen and that i won't nobody fucks with my boy and that says god oh and weirdly enough um as if the rest wasn't weird (laughs) well we have another example of one of the writers playing a reporter in the movie um did that happen in the other one yeah because um flaxman played one of the reporters in um grizzly and then gottlieb carl gottlieb played one of the reporters in uh, the original Jaws. So this one, again, another Jaws ripoff has uh, the exact same thing. Um, and um, that's it, folks. That's all the information you have about the movie Claws because there's nothing else on this fucking movie. This movie is just like a black hole of both time and space. Um, some say we're still watching it. Oh, God, no. No, that is, that's worse than the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> i mean look you know what i'm gonna say it right now i would rather watch claws on a weekly basis than listen to one episode of joe rogan yeah but on um, a weekly basis you said that we never stopped watching it we're still watching it <laughs> this, this 
this is part of the movie. Look behind you! Pew, pew, pew! Oh, God. Well, any last things to say about Judge Grizzly or Jaws, Zach? Uh, or Jaws? I have plenty I can say about Jaws. <laughs> no, 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 Klaus! I'm sorry! I, I don't have anything left to say about Claws other than, boy, did it suck. It's, like, like I'm, I'm not, I try not to be Mr., like, I mean, I'll make fun of a movie while I'm watching it, but I tend to give a movie the benefit of the doubt. You know, people were involved in making, I don't think people were involved in making this one. I think this one just came fully formed. They found it on that mountain in Alaska, and they came back with it and said, we made this. But that's why they weren't involved in anything else. They never actually made it. And that it was a curse in that it's like bringing a document, like bringing one of the books of like eldritch lore back in that <laughs> from the darkness Then that they brought this back. It cursed them and that that's why they don't have a career. That's why you can't find anything out about it. This movie just appeared fully formed one day and it is our curse. But uh, uh any last thoughts on Grizzly? I think Grizzly is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Claws is an eldritch horror which will tear you apart piece by piece piece until you there's nothing left grizzly's pretty good though like if you watch it on tv or whatever that does kind of make it sound like it's worth watching i don't think it's it's not even it's not even really enjoyable in a so bad it's good way it is just bad it's awkward it's confusing if you just want to watch a movie that has sparse scenes of like you know a bear a baby cub bear interacting with like a moose like it has it in one scene but but you could just watch Benji the Hunted instead. <laughs> yeah, and then watch the review, which has more drama to it than Gravitas than all of Claw. It's sad because it's true. <laughs> oh, Zach, where can we find you on this great wide internet? Um, I'm kind of just been doing my own thing. I, I'm I host One Miss Pod with Kelly Warner. Woo-woo! She was on the last episode of this podcast. Oh, lovely, lovely. What did you talk about? Mighty Joe Young. Oh, yes, I did know about that, actually. Um, yeah, she's lovely, very funny. Um, I'm going to be hosting a new podcast with her uh, that I won't, I won't drop just yet, but it should be a lot of fun. That will all, you can find both of those on Scriptophobic at scriptophobic.ca. It's a website that I ostensibly run, but we need more writers because I haven't had the time to really add much. So I'm just been editing and all everybody's kind of moved on, which sucks because we're getting we're getting better views now per week. We're getting we're getting a couple thousand views per week now. So if you if if anybody listening to this is wondering about like wants to start writing about film and actually get some views, we. 100 percent we're we're interested in featuring new voices so reach out yeah. to us that would be great i mean you're a writer there you do our toku tuesday uh series which is wonderful it gives you a chance to talk about those kaizus of yours <laughs> yeah all the kaizus uh never let me out of the kaizu that is my brain oh my god oh my god never let me out of the kaizu that is my brain is actually like that is that needs to be your fucking you need that on a shirt like that you need you need that that's wonderful 
Oh, God, the joys of having part of your brain that's dead after a stroke. Anyways, um, yeah, no. Uh... Mine is just from drug abuse. <laughs> and the movie Claws. I think the and movie the movie Claws. claws. I, think I mean, the movie Claws is drug abuse. <laughs> Probably on that poor bear. Anyways, um, yeah, no, Scriptosaurus is great. Um, you know, One Miss Pod is just a, a bundle of delight. Um, and... Uh, I think you guys should all definitely follow follow Zier's Jack on all of his journeys. And definitely write for Scriptophobics, because it's a great site. Um, yeah, um, if you want my Twitter in that, because that's where you can actually follow me, and I yes. sometimes say things. It's at Light is Fading. I'm just, I've been obsessed with making music lately. I've been put two to five hours of guitar playing a day, and so I it, it's not very film heavy lately. So if that's your thing... It might bore you, but when it gets to film, it gets pretty in-depth. It gets pretty fun. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And if you're interested for the sources of this, you can always find the sources on any podcast uh, all the po- in the podcast notes. And you can also uh, leave us any uh, reviews and and contact us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. Uh, next week, uh, we will uh, – sorry, in two weeks, we will be talking about Orca. And uh, you got it uh, fluffed here first, so uh, be prepared. Uh, Is Joe on that one? No, no, he's not. He should be, but he's not. Uh. (laughs) Thank you, and have a great day. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.